0: Welcome back to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. Before we start, just do me a favor and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, as well as the Facebook and Instagram page. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from startups, returning diaspora, musicians and athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me, Ida Dalje, and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today's guest is 25-year-old Croatian entrepreneur Anna Chalich. After getting her master's degree in science, business, and innovation, she began to work at her family company, Navela, which is a leader in the marine and boating equipment. With her knowledge of the nautical industry and innovation, she formed Croatia's first club for young professionals in the marine industry within the platform she created called Misli More. Misli More educates younger generations about the nautical industry and possibilities of sustainable development in marine. In this episode, we'll learn about her passion for the sea and how her new innovation combines Croatian innovation and sustainability. Anna, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Sanko, for such a lovely introduction.
0: <laughs> of course um, and I'll, I'll start off by saying I knew right away that you were a true professional because you reached out to me on LinkedIn I've. Been yeah, really. I mean. <laughs> I've been using Facebook and WhatsApp, but I know when I get something on LinkedIn, it's legit.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's today's main networking platform. So if you're not in any kind of industry, if you're in an industry and don't have LinkedIn, you're truly missing out. <laughs> that's what I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really need to beef up my profile. I've let that go for <laughs> far too long. Um, but Anna, tell us a little bit about your background. So you, went to, you started off at the University of Zagreb.
1: Yeah, so I did my bachelor's in Zagreb at the Faculty for Science, uh, the Department for Chemistry, so it's theoretical chemistry. I did that for three years and after that I really wanted to have a more interdisciplinary and also international experience. I wanted to add a bit of economy and business into my scientific knowledge. So I found this course at the Vrije Universiteit in Amsterdam and it's called Science Business Innovation. And it has two different specializations. One is life and health, and the other one is sustainability and energy. So I chose the track for sustainability and energy, and I finished my master's in Amsterdam, and it was a truly, truly amazing experience.
0: I wanted to ask, how was um, attending university in Amsterdam? I've never been there. What's it like?
1: Well, uh, for me, it was very different from the experience in Croatia because a lot of tracks in Croatia are very theory focused and you have to study a lot but you don't have a lot of uh, practice work so for instance I had two lab classes uh, for my chemistry track uh, let's say two lab classes for one semester while in Amsterdam, everything was more project-related, you had to do a lot of self-work, a lot of reading through scientific articles at home, and uh, doing case studies, which was really good because you had to reach out to companies where you wanted to do a case study. You, need to, you needed to learn how to write a proper email to approach a CEO or maybe a person in a more management-like position, and that was a really good experience because it teaches you a variety of things which can actually be applicable after in your work life and uh, it's not so theory based so it was for me it was a really great experience
0: Mm. I'm sure aside from that getting the international experience as well was um, also a big benefit
1: yeah definitely I mean uh, I wouldn't say culture shock I would say cultural cultural blessing because Mm. when you network and interact with so many people I always say that you can learn Something from really anyone you meet, like everyone has something either smart to say or something to sh- share. So I think uh, really, it's, it's a good experience. And then
0: after you graduated um, from Amsterdam, you worked at your family company, Navella, right?
1: Yes, but I've been basically involved with the family business since forever, so actually my first uh, plane flight was when I was two years old and it was to Amsterdam for a business meeting and my mom brought me with her, so yeah, I've been basically around since forever, I mean my forever, (laughs) and uh, yeah, when I was younger I used to join uh, boat shows, so when I was uh, 14, 15, I would work uh, on the show for like the period of time which uh, when the show was on either Zagreb or Biagrad or Split because those are usually the local uh, regional shows where we exhibit. We also visit a lot of international boat shows like the one in Amsterdam, Metz, Cannes uh, boat show, um, Genova boat show. So we do have some other international boat shows where we go for B2B interactions. So basically, uh, I was working part-time there and uh, while I was in my studies, I used to do also social media for Novella, so all of the time. And then when I finished my studies, uh, also somewhere in between when I had uh, one semester off, I was working full-time and uh, now I'm basically taking over some uh, key customers and also working both on business and marketing development.
0: Wow. So, you've been a professional since you were about two years old, it sounds like, and haven't stopped.
1: (laughs) I mean, semi-professional, let's not put it that (laughs) strict.
0: And then, so who, who originally started Novella?
1: So my mom started Novella in 1992, so basically at first it was a joint venture uh, with another company, uh, with, well let's say another business professional from the industry, and then after five years they parted ways, but uh, yeah, so basically the 90s. And uh, she got the distributorship for Yanmar Diesel Engines, and uh, now we're the distributors for all ex Yugoslavia countries. So Croatia, Slovenia, Serbia, Bosnia, Montenegro, and we also have Albania in our portfolio. So we do the distribution of engines, but we also have our dedicated service network and they're located on 30 locations. So from uh, Koper in Slovenia to Tivat in Montenegro, and they're the after sales part. So they do service and also sales of spare parts.
0: Wow, so yeah, you guys are really all over the place. Um, Yeah. Is working with, you know, the family business there what inspired you to get more involved in the nautical industry later on?
1: I mean, definitely. I did do some uh, student jobs while I was in Amsterdam, which were not related uh, to the marine industry. So I did have a glance of other industries as what I can say, but also what I got feedback from a lot of young people, both national and international, that the marine industry is very friendly. So everyone is very open for collaboration or at least giving you advice. And if you ask someone, something, anything, they will tell you either, uh, they will either give you advice or give you a contact for for the future so everyone is really open to at least help you somehow so that's it's not of course there is competition but I would say it's less uh, less competitive than let's say the automotive industry hmm
0: that's interesting um, so so when you started your initiative misli More I mean yeah. what what was the inspiration behind that
1: so the inspiration was the lack of young people and honestly when I would work uh, with Novela on both shows uh, you would see maybe uh, let's say five to ten young people in the range until 35 years old and those would usually be people who are also in the same situation as I am so their parents uh, or relatives founded the company in the marine industry like in the 90s and now they're also inheriting a bit of the business Uh, but then I realized that there's not a lot of young people but it's a really nice niche to work in so uh, you don't have to necessarily work in an already established business you can start something on your own and there's really a lot of opportunity so you can work for a distributor you can work for OEM so original equipment manufacturer that could be either someone who manufactures engines, it doesn't have to be solely diesel, diesel engines, it can be electrical engines as well, which is now a very big trend. Uh, you, can at you can work as a boat builder, you could work as a naval architect, you can work in a charter from a sailor to base manager to a person in marketing. Uh, you can also be a tech solution provider or even an insurance. So, there are a few companies in Croatia which are specified only for like marine insurance and the uh, damages which happen by vessel. So, there are a lot of opportunities, and I thought like people should know this because we live in a country with more than 1,000 islands. In the last three years, we've been in the top three destinations for boating and the the whole situation is just screaming opportunity and it would be a shame that more people didn't know about it.
0: Hmm. So, well, then you you make it sound like there's, I mean, jobs within that industry, but that branch out to all sorts of different, um, you know, it's not just, you have to work on a ship if you want to work in the marine industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's exactly this example, what you said, the ship is maybe a stereotype. So everyone thinks, okay, I will go to the faculty, um, well, something related to shipping and then I will work on a boat and just sail across the world. It doesn't necessarily work that way. I mean, there are a lot of people who finished, let's say medicine and then after three years, they realize this is really not my thing. And then they started boat building all of a sudden. So, I mean, of course, they have a dedicated team around them with engineers and all who have more expertise in that part. But really, there there are no limits. You can actually study anything from marketing business uh, through electrical or mechanical engineering, through something IT related and work in the marine industry, you can always develop an app maybe there are a lot of different examples now so apps that are used for renting the boat so it's basically like a marine type of airbnb or uber if you would like to call it that way so really the opportunities are endless because basically anything that is present in the current industries can to a certain extent be translated to the marine industry
0: Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, it's like what you said, you were doing social media for Novella, you know, that's not like you yeah. were on the ocean, on the sea there, which yeah, I guess yeah. that was a stereotype that I was thinking about too. Um, you brought up a, a point about innovation within the industry. Right now, what would you say is the um, is the industry modern at this point or is it still more old school, would you say? Is there a lot of room for innovation?
1: To a certain degree it's modern, but not as much as it should be because it really differs by part of the world. So, for instance, if we're looking at marine propulsion, so engines, specific areas such as the US or the boating uh, region in the EU, they have regulations which require a specific range of emissions. So there are some types of engines which work in the US, which work in the EU, but none of these actually apply for the uh, Asian region. So this is really something different because, as you see, it's in the world. The development stages are different in different types of, of the world, but there is really place for innovation. So a lot of companies are now producing electric engines, um, either inboard or outboard. There are different different prototypes for hybrid. Uh, Yeah, for hybrids as well, but also for engines running on hydrogen fuel cells. And uh, this is not the only part where you can innovate. You can always innovate in materials. So maybe produce a more lightweight material, uh, recyclable material, or use more overall sustainable materials. So there's really a lot of place for innovating.
0: Hmm. Um, Within your initiative, "Misli More, there's a club for young professionals. Is that is that separate than More or is that just a part of that or what?
1: That's just a part of that because since it's a digital platform it tends to have more more streams so more ways in which it operates and the club is now general and uh, also hereby i invite everyone who's interested to join um, so we have a tab on our website which says community and basically for, ne- for the time being we're joining people who are already working in the marine industry. Some people who are studying something related and want to work afterwards, but also people who purely just have the interest because now we're building a community and in the future we'll organize uh, networking events in, in real life. So hopefully not hybrid or virtual. Uh, so yeah that's that's so far from the from the club
0: mm-hmm. and why do you think it's important for young people to get
1: involved because it's the true base for networking and nowadays without networking you can't do anything i mean of course you can try to find a job via job ad but then if you have a supportive community where you have colleagues who are already working in the marine industry where you maybe have some professionals who can give you insights or tips or maybe even give you a recommendation, then it's of course easier. So with, uh, with any job application, it's way better if you have a a supportive community behind you and be important contacts. Hmm.
0: Well, it seems to me so far that in Croatia, at least a little more than in the U S although there too, you really need networking, you know, just really to get any job rather than, you know, going to a job board, but correct me if I'm wrong. That's just the impression that I've gotten.
1: I mean, possibly, but it really depends also on the type of company and uh, what what they require, you know, for any company the requirements are different and uh, also depends on the position, if it's something more serious, less serious, if it requires a specific university or a specific expertise, so I would really say that it's quite individual.
0: Mm. And what would you say is the best way for people to get involved in that industry? You know, say they're a part of the Young Professionals Club, part of, you know, more, and, you know, they're interested in getting in the industry. What, what do you think would be that first step? I mean, networking, reaching out to someone else who's already in the industry?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so first things first until we don't have the real life networking events going on if somebody is interested at the moment they can always shoot me an email if they if they need an advice but then what is always useful is to attend the boat show so the next biggest regional one will be in biograd at the end of october and then you really have the biggest players in the region in the industry and you can see what the business is all about what what they sell or distribute or produce, and maybe also get in contact with people on their stand. So I think it's always interesting to uh, visit a boat show, not purely for like sales or visiting reasons, but also for uh, job applications.
0: Now, Anna, we talked a little bit about sustainability. Um, yes. I want to ask, what's the environmental impact in Croatia from the marine industry?
1: So I wouldn't talk about numbers because it really depends on a lot of factors and i'm not a sustainable reporting expert yet this is something which i would like to achieve in a future stage maybe to get more knowledge on the certifications and you know just just expertise related to sustainable reporting but there are some aspects which of course produce a bigger negative impact than uh, than expected. so of course there's Charter, because we do a lot of charter boats, but there are some initiatives that want to produce maybe charter lines which rely on alternative propulsion. There are ferries and, you know, the ferries have also more frequent lines during summer because there's a lot of tourists. And, uh, of course, there are boat tours which don't use any alternative propulsion. But these are actually the points where we could innovate and turn to either electric propulsion or hybrid or something hydrogen related. So ferries and the national parks could use transport and also boat tours could use transport which is more sustainable. Because actually these types of transport which are frequent and have a specific schedule for every day I think this is where the most, uh, so this is where the negative impact is created. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I saw just the other day, maybe it was even yesterday that Croatia was ranked like number one, I think in all of Europe for, um, quality of water, like sea water.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. And that's a really good statistic. It's something encouraging, but like not encouraging to damage it, but just encouraging to preserve it the way that it is. Because at one side you have the statistic that says, yeah, we have the most clean bathing waters in whole Europe. But then there's another statistic that says that we have decreased the number of living fish in our sea by by in the last, I don't know how many decades. So there are really two sides of the sword. So we really need to take care, we need to be grateful for what we have now, but also work hard in ways how to save what we have for now. So, okay, we can work from, from the sea and because we live on the sea, we have to work with it, but to work with it responsibly.
0: Mm. And I think you brought up a good point because you can look at that statistic, number one in water quality and say, okay, we don't need to do anything. Nothing needs to change. We'll just keep doing this. But, you know, that's that's not the way to go because you need to look into the future and, you know, make sure for the next generations and the generations after that, you're going to keep that same water quality. Um, But what are some of those, I mean, technical ways that we can make the industry more sustainable? Is it just, you know, switching fuel sources?
1: So not really, because switching fuel sources is just the primary step. There is a lot of background that needs to be taken care of. So number one, which we also promote with Mestli Limore is education, because you need to have people who are... Educated on the innovation and how to take care of it. So some people will need to innovate Additionally, some people will need to know how to maintain these new technologies And it's not something that is taught in the existing curriculums at universities So apart from maintenance, there's also infrastructure because okay in current marinas you do have uh, the small electrical cabinets to fuel your boat, but uh, the current infrastructure wouldn't be so, sufficient if all the boats in the marina were, were running on electric engines. And also, if we plan to have boats that are running on hydrogen in the future, we will also need infrastructure for charging uh, and maintenance in the future as well.
0: So, there's a lot of things that we need to do before, before you can reach that level of change within the actual boats in the water.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's... A change on the whole level of the society so from uh, universities from education to new work positions we are going to employ people who are only related to these new technologies so it will bring a whole new wave of both education courses and work spots so I think if this comes to realization in the next 10 years we will see definitely a major shift
0: I just wanted to point out that the other, when was it, like a few weeks ago, I know the the water water quality is supposed to be, you know, number one in all of Europe. And so far, you know, I've been here a couple summers. I've been here this whole summer. And the ocean is beautiful here, the sea, the Adriatic. But I did one time in Makarska see an oil spill. You could see the, like, motor oil, black motor oil sitting on top of the water. And, you know, that was really, like, sort of a wake-up call. Like, oh, wow. Because, you know, it was gross, it was getting on your skin, you know, it made you not want to swim. And, you know, that's not the Croatia that people know, or the Croatia that people want to see. So definitely, you know, at some point there has to be, you know, something done, regulations, you know, to make things more sustainable, so things like that don't happen. But at the same time, I want to ask sort of a difficult question. Um, what effect will, you know, some of those changes have on, say, locals who rely on the marine industry? you know, say someone with a a small operation, one boat and, you know, our price is going to go up. Are they going to have to, you know, get a different boat, put a different engine. Is that going to be, you know, difficult? Is that going to be possible? You know, what sort of effect is that going
1: to have? That's definitely going to be difficult because it requires financial funds to do something like that. But this is where, governmental support would be very valued, you know, to have some sort of subsidies for alternative propulsions like you already have in a lot of countries like Norway, Sweden and the Netherlands and possibly other uh, Western European countries where the government is just giving subsidies if you buy either an electric car or maybe if you switch to electric boat but also something that Amsterdam has done—it has banned uh, to boats that are running on diesel or petrol, and uh, in the city center. So on the on the city center canals. So this is something also which we could do. You know, have dedicated areas which are only approachable if you use alternative propulsion. Hmm.
0: And are there any current measures being worked on within the Croatian government like that, or no? I
1: don't have any knowledge in that, to, really, to be fair. Mm. That's out of my scope a bit.
0: That's fair, yeah. But, I mean, that seems like definitely an important step to, you know, it seems like you're going to have to get the government involved to you know not only have the regulations, but also have these measures that allow people to apply, to adhere to those re- regulations.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, as I mentioned to you before, it's really going to have to be a change on all levels. But I think overall it will be a good change. I think if we want to preserve what we have and be more sustainable, it really needs to happen. And if we have all these kind of changes, we accept them and we work towards them, then we will achieve a modern society within Croatia, which I think is something a lot of people, especially young people, would want. Because then you would create also a lot of new workspaces, which would employ people within Croatia. And hopefully, young people wouldn't have to look for better-paying jobs outside of Croatia because we have a massive, uh, massive not uh, immigration, a massive immigration from young people, and it's also a bit sad because we have all the opportunities to be great. We just need to seize them.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, you know, in this, in the marine industry, for example, you know, any shift in the innovation there is going to lead to more jobs in that industry. Um, yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier that Croatia, I think you said it was like the number three boating destination?
1: Uh, in the top three, yeah.
0: In the top three. Do you see any shift in that? Or, I mean, does that seem like it's going to stay the same for next year, the next coming years?
1: Probably because numbers are increasing for booking. Of course, there was the COVID year which was, which impacted everything a lot, especially for, for tourists who are coming to Croatia by plane. If we're looking for tourists that come by car, so from Italy, Germany, or Austria, for them it wasn't such a big hurdle because they can easily sit and drive for like five, six hours and they're here and it's fine. But for in the COVID year, there was a slight decrease. But overall, we do see larger numbers in, in booking. So I think that Croatia is just now starting to get more more traction and it's being featured in different global magazines for tourism, but not only tourism. So yeah, I think it's it's just starting.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think it's not only like local companies and charter boats that people are coming to Croatia and then, you know, going on those boats, but also yachts that people are sailing, you know, from other places to Croatia.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. And maybe one Thing because we have, let's say, if you own a super yacht, you will have less maintenance costs in Croatia than you will have on the French Riviera. So hmm. that's also one benefit for them. Uh, Anna, what do you see
0: as the best case scenario for the Croatian marine industry, both you know internationally and on a global scale, right? both nationally and on a global
1: scale? So overall, I see a lot of opportunities to go sustainable in developing alternative propulsions and then also increase boat building infrastructure and also opportunities, so to create maybe some exciting and modern new models within Croatia, because we do have the infrastructure for that, it doesn't have to be big boats, it can also be something for recreational boating, but I also see overall just an increase of young people who will bring in new ideas so maybe it can be something tech related as well and uh, then this would be supported by the change in the curriculum so maybe we see some new uh, university courses which will promote more more marine industry and uh, maybe a bit more collaboration between industry and academia with a spice of governmental subsidies so just just the cohesion in the whole ecosystem
0: would you ever be interested in being a professor teaching one of those courses?
1: I mean maybe it's it sounds appealing, but maybe when I'm like forty <laughs> <laughs> because now uh, I think that I wouldn't I mean, it really depends. you know, there are a lot of young uh, young teachers, but I think that I also have my fair share of expertise to gain and also some experience to maybe you know have, a few more valid points to to say to students
0: hmm. yeah that's true what, what do you think are some you know concrete steps that you can take to try and change this education and curriculum and get new courses and possibly new programs within the croatian universities
1: i think it needs to be the voice of the public so i'm not sure how it works when universities want to change the curic- curriculum, but I think it's something that both professors need to vote on and also students if they want to see something, something new. So I think it really needs to start from voting and then maybe assembling a letter and then sending it to, I don't know, the ministry. I'm really not sure how the process works, but um, I think it really needs to be supported by a lot of voices.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask some more some lighter questions now, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you've been involved your whole life in the Marine industry. Um, wh- where is your favorite place to go sailing? Favorite coast?
1: So I would say favorite Island is the Island of Silba. So it's in the Northern Adriatic region and it's really one of the, I don't know, it's, it's a peaceful spot and it's a smaller Island has everything that you need. And also it has, the it has a small village with every infrastructure that you need but also beautiful beaches and uh walks so it's really really a lovely island what was it called again silva silva yes s-i-l-v-a
0: huh yeah i've never i've never heard of that one i only basically know the ones down in uh dalmatia i've been you know the corcelacuar brach Mm -hmm. some of those ones but up north and even you know shivanik and up I really don't know any of those islands and haven't been to any. Is there a difference between sort of the northern and southern islands?
1: Maybe a bit in, in the nature, but I wouldn't say as much. Uh, what's specific is, of course, the island of Mlet has its own microclimate and also the National Park Quarante, which is out of this world, (laughs) heaven on earth. So yeah, what's one Island that is completely different from all Island is the Island of Susak because it's basically made of sand only. And it's different because all other islands have more of a rocky, rocky structure. So this one is made of purely sand. So that's what makes it special.
0: Huh. I might have to check that one out because it's bittersweet for me. The, the rock beaches here. You know, sometimes I miss the Mm -hmm. sand in LA, but then, you know, when you're ready to go home and you don't have to clean all this sand off your body, then you say, okay, you know, I don't mind these rock beaches at all. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there is a positive side to it, but if you want to visit, I think there is a ferry line that goes from Zadar to uh, Maliloshin and then from Silva to Susak, or maybe I mixed a few islands, but actually I think there should be a ferry line from Zadar which takes you to these islands, so it's, it's manageable to visit them, even if you don't have a boat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I might have to look into that then. Um, Anna, as we're running you know, low on time here, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast and taking the time to, you know, come on here and tell us a little about the marine industry, about Misli More and your Young Professionals Club. Um, is there anything, you know, we have a lot of listeners here from around the world. Is there anything that they can get involved in within your club and Misli More and within the industry in general here in Croatia?
1: so if you're in the region you're always welcome to join the club you can follow us on instagram and linkedin and twitter so we're all on types of social media and uh, you can get any kind of information from our link in bio link which is basically lnkbio slash mislimore which is m-i-s-l-i-m-o-r-e so this is one thing and of course if you're from anywhere in the world and want to visit Croatia or maybe get involved, you can always shoot me an email at nfo at misslimoara.com and I'll be free to have a chat with you and tell you more what you're interested on.
0: Great. Well, Anna, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: (laughs) That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again and vidimo se!